0: it's good to be back in the house of the Lord. I want to stop right now and pray for Pastor Jeff and Cynthia as they're away, just kind of recovering. And you know, Cindy had surgery not too long ago. She's still in that process of recovery. Pray that Pastor Jeff and Cindy have a great time away, get refreshed and come back fired up. All right. Join me. Let's pray. Father, we come. We lift up Pastor Jeff and Cynthia to you and Lord, we speak a blessing over them, wherever they may be right now, that you would bless them and let them sense your presence. Lord, may they be refreshed and encouraged. May the fire of God burn in their soul afresh and anew, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now then, grab your phones and take a seat. I'm going to have you be a minister this morning. You've seen me do this before, but we're going to do it again. Because I believe we're all ministers, called to the Lord, and you can be a blessing today to encourage someone. Take your phone, get out your contact list, find a friend or a family member, just simply tell them, hey, I'm in church thinking about you, What not you know I love you? Just tell them something like that. Don't get on to them for not being in church with you, all right? Just tell them you love them, you're thinking about them, and, uh, and right now you are thinking about them send that to them, I know it will encourage them. Every time I send out a text of encouragement, I always get responses that it was just good to know that someone was thinking about them. You never know what someone's going through and what they might need. If you were not with us last Sunday, uh, you do not probably understand these what these two umbrellas are doing here. This was my illustration last week as we had a word for everyone. We had a word for those that were lost. We had a word for the prodigal sons and daughters. We had a word for every believer. And I continue that message with a word for every believer. And I'll get to that in just a moment. But let me just refer to those that are lost because I'm still... Have compassion on those who have not yet come to know the Lord. This black umbrella represents uh, people that are walking in darkness. And you're just covered in darkness. When John the Baptist was about to be born into this world, he was going to be the forerunner of Jesus Christ. His father, Zechariah, was praying and he had a vision and had a prophetic word over his son. And that prophetic word goes something like this, because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide us to a path of peace. That's our same message. Jesus is about to come with light and guide us to his path of peace. Paul, many of you, we know him as Paul, but we knew him as Saul before he was, had that encounter on the road to Damascus, and he did have an encounter with the Lord, and the Lord set him aside and called him and then commissioned him, and this was his commission. The Lord Jesus spoke to Saul, which we know as Paul. He said, I've called you to go to the Gentiles, to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to the power of God. They will receive forgiveness of their sins and be given a place among God's people who are set apart by faith in Him. You know what? That's still going on right now. Paul said, and he was writing a letter back to one of his churches he had planted, Colossians 1:13. He wrote this to the church. He said, He has rescued us from darkness. All of us have been rescued from darkness. We've been transferred into the kingdom of light and been forgiven of our sin. Oh, isn't that good news? We've gone from darkness to light, from death to life, from unforgiveness to being forgiven. And I'm glad to be here under the light of the Lord Jesus Christ, under his hand. We had a word for for everyone last week, and I plead as the Bible says we are all ambassadors for Christ. We're here pleading in Christ's stead for everyone that's not reconciled to God, to be reconciled to God. You can't be. He wants you to be. He's ready for you. He's got open arms for you, and he's chosen you. He just wants you to say, yes, I want him. And we spoke a word to the prodigal sons and daughters. This rope represented the prodigals who had a taste of the light and for some reason, they wandered off. You remember, Johnny was our prodigal, and he took that rope and he walked down till he couldn't walk anymore. He came to the end of his rope. That's what I'm praying for every prodigal son and daughter that you're praying for, that you're believing for. They'll come to the end of the rope and realize, oh, it was so much better for me back in my father's house than it is right now. I ask you, I ask you last week, and many of you did this, that you gave me names of prodigal sons and daughters, family and friends that you know. Uh, and you brought them to me and I told you I would pray with them, which I have. Uh, in this box, there, are, there were 316 names plus a few family members, okay? Uh, just said family. By the grace of God, and something I love to do, I was able on Monday to take every name and call that name out to the Lord. Then on Friday, I did the very same thing, and every day I prayed, laid hands on these, and you'll notice, and we're going to leave these here in the altar and in this box, because this is a treasure chest I bought, and every name in there is a treasure to the Lord. They really are. They're a treasure. Treasure to you, and they're a treasure to the Lord. And I prayed over them we'll continue to pray for prodigal sons and daughters now I got a stack I didn't do that in the first service last week did it this week so I've got some more to pray over this week Uh, I love to spend time in the presence of the Lord and to take time just to call people's names out I call pastors names out every day to the Lord and just say Lord remember them Whatever they need, give it to them, and so I was able to do that with your prodigal sons and daughters, and what a privilege it was. And we're grateful for uh all of those that are on your heart. Let's don't stop praying for them, all right. The devil will get you to stop. It's too too late. I, I have a friend, Eldred Sawyer, who pastored church in Pleasant Grove in the Dallas area, the worst zip code in the Dallas area. Pastor called Hilltop Church and Care Center Ministries. He was, uh, got saved while he was at Church on the Rock in Rockwall, Texas back in the day and got delivered from drugs and alcohol. And now he is in an apostolic ministry, planting churches everywhere. And he just showed me, posted a picture online of one of his uh, fellow compadres that, was deep in sin, deep on drugs. His family had completely given up on him. And he was standing there in a photograph of him in his graduation gown. He just graduated from seminary, just got his degree, bachelor's degree, and is beginning a church in July. And now look what God can do. His family gave up on him. He's too far gone. God said, is anything too hard for me? Saved him, delivered him educate him, now he's going to be a pastor to others that are in need, just like that. Well, I believe that. God's got a plan for your sons and daughters. Amen? Well, why don't we just pray for him right now, one more time. Father, we just come right now, and Lord, we know inside this box are the name of 316 family members, friends, Lord's sons and grandsons and sons and granddaughters, Lord, we pray over them once again this morning. Lord, we will not stop praying for them. Even when they seem to get worse and worse, Lord, we know you've got your hand upon them. You're devising a plan for them to return to you. and We agree, and we'll see the day, Lord, that we can pull out the ring and the sandals and the robe and the fatted calf and glorify your name in Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen. Well... Now the word to the believer, that's us, that's most of us here today. Uh, I said last week, if you remember, I said I need something built. Well, Mike, Whitley right down here, he took the task and he built me my fence. And you'll see the reason why in just a moment. But we're going to read out of Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3. It's right there on the fence. Jeremiah 33, 3. Someone called this God's phone number. Here's what it says out of the New King James Version. Call to me, I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. You ever gotten a text on your phone? I, I, from time to time, I get a text on my phone from my wife. She says, call me. So at a convenient time, I call her. If she says, call me with an exclamation mark, that means call me right now. Well, that's what this verse is saying does. God, the Lord Jesus Christ himself, is saying, call me, I will answer. What's he saying? If a boss texts you and says, give me a call, I'll answer. What's he saying? You won't have to go for my secretary. You won't have to go through my assistant. When you call, I'm going to answer. And we know it's pretty serious if he's saying that. Well, God is pretty serious about it. And he's saying, call me. I'm going to answer you. And I'm going to show you things you didn't know. Matter of fact, I like this verse so much. I'm going to read it out of the Message Bible. This is God's message. The God who made earth made it livable and lasting. Known everywhere as God. Call to me and I will answer you. I'll tell you marvelous and wonderful things that you could never figure out on your own. Amplified Bible. Thus says the Lord who made the earth, the Lord who formed it to establish it. The Lord is His name. Call to me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things. Things that have been fenced in, hidden, which you do not know, you do not distinguish, recognize, and have knowledge of, and understand. Things you've not yet had a revelation of. God wants to reveal things you've never had a revelation of before. Boy, isn't the Word of God wonderful? You know, the Bible is living. That's why, and this happens to me quite often, I can read a verse and I know I've read it a thousand times, but one day I read it and something just jumps off the pages into my life I never saw before. I said, Whoa, I never seen that before. Or I hear somebody preach on a scripture that I'd read a thousand times. I hear them bring out something I didn't know. Oh, that, ooh, that's 's good revelation right there. This is one of those verses that got to me. When he said, call me, I'll answer you, and I'll show you things that from now, since now, have been fenced in. You've been on this side of the fence. All you do is look over, and you see great and marvelous things over there, but you're on this side of the fence. I'm here today that the Lord's going to do something today with you. You're going to leave here today because I know his word's not going to return void. That's one of the promises I'll talk about. It's going to accomplish where he's sending it, and he's sending it today, and you're going to have a revelation you haven't had. Now, Habakkuk, now if you don't know who Habakkuk is, he is known as one of the minor prophets, not minor because he's minor in authority or power, minor because it's only three chapters. He's not a Jeremiah or Isaiah or Ezekiel type of long prophet in the Bible, but he's known as a minor prophet. It's only three chapters. And if I had time, I'd go through every chapter with you because it is so good. I read it this week and guess what? God showed me something I'd never seen before. It's like Habakkuk is living in the day we live in. Go back and read. Take your new living translation and read it. But I want to read to you what Habakkuk is having a problem because uh, Judah and the children of Israel are a mess. Uh, they're, they're worshiping pagan gods and God is about to correct them. He's going to straighten them out. And so Habakkuk offers this complaint to God. Anybody ever complained to God? I have, I, I want you to know. Well, he's complaining to God. And this is what he says, How long, O Lord? Must I call for help, but you do not listen? Violence is everywhere, and I cry about it, but you do not come to save. Must I forever see these evil deeds? Why must I watch all this misery? Whenever, wherever I look, I see destruction and violence. I'm surrounded by people who love to argue and fight. Does that sound like something going on today? The law has been paralyzed. There's no justice in the courts. The wicked far outweigh the righteous, so the justice, justice has been perverted. He's offering that complaint to God. Then he just kind of waits. Uh-oh. And then the Lord replies. Look around at the nations, Habakkuk. Look and be amazed. For I'm doing something in your own day, something you wouldn't believe even if someone told you about it. He said, Habakkuk, I'm going to show you something that's been fenced in. You've not seen this before. Look over the fence. What do you see? Habakkuk looked over the fence, and he really was puzzled, because he saw a pagan nation, Babylon, being raised up to bring correction to the people of God. It confused him, and he goes on to offer a few more complaints to God. But after God continues to explain himself to Habakkuk, the conclusion of the book of Habakkuk, these three chapters, he concludes this. Here's Habakkuk. He's looked over the fence. He's seen some great and marvelous things that God's going to do. And the conclusion, here's what he says. He said, All right, Lord, even though the fig tree does not blossom, there are no grapes on the vine. Even though the olive crop fells and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes me sure-footed as a deer, and I will climb on high places. He said, I'm not there yet, Lord, but I see that you're a good God. You're a sovereign God. You've got this under control. You're going to make me run like a deer and I'm going to climb to high places. I see it over here. I'm not there yet, but I see it. Great and marvelous things. Peter said this. After he was one of those that were writing what someone has calculated are 3,573 promises in the Word of God. Every one of them is for you and is for me. Peter said in 1 Peter 1, 3, These promises are exceedingly great, precious, valuable, that through them we might be partakers of the divine nature. When we apply the promises of God to our life, we take on His nature. Having escaped then the corruption that is in the world through lust and greed. How do you escape the corruption that's going on? You've got to look more like Jesus. How do we look more like Jesus? Apply His promises to our life. And all of these are for us. You're going to begin to receive revelations of things you've never known. God's going to reveal to you mysteries. You know, there are some things I read in the Bible. They are mysteries to me. I don't understand them. But there's some things I read him and I didn't understand. And then one day I come, I get into his presence. He said, let me show you something. You know that thing that was a mystery you didn't understand? Look over the fence. Let me show you something. And you look over, whoa, look at that. And God reveals something you'd never seen before. God's going to give you that privilege of looking over the fence. He's not trying to keep things from us. He's trying to get things to us. That's why it's important to spend time In prayer, time in His Word, time with His people. This is an important gathering right here. And the Lord knows that. And that's why He brought you here. So when you leave, you're going to look more like Jesus than you did when you came in. You're going to take more of the divine nature. And you're going to be able to peer over the fence. And one day you're not just going to peer over the fence. One day you're going to move behind the fence. Let me ask you a question. What promise out of the 3,500 plus promises found in the Word of God, what promise do you need to grab a hold of? What promise do you need to believe in your heart that it's for you? What promise do you need to confess with your mouth until you see and believe, confess, and that promise becomes a reality? love it, and I say this to myself over and over. I'm going to say what you say, God, to what you say is what I begin to see. Lord, I'm going to say what you say. I don't say, I'm going to say what you say to what you say is what I see now over here. And I want you to begin to say what God says about yourself. I do it all the time. And I personalize the scriptures for me. Those that are written to Isaiah or Jeremiah, I I personally, that's written to me. That's a word to me. It's a living word. Paul said in Ephesians 3, 20, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we ask or even think, according to the power of his work in me. God is working in you. What do you see? Well, some of you come to the fence and you look over and you see people, man, they're walking in financial freedom. Man, they, ooh, ooh, they're enjoying life. They're free financially. They're not in debt to anyone. They're not a servant to the lender. But on this side of the fence, we just, oh, man, I wish I could be free like them. And God says, you can be. Don't you realize I'm your father? You're you're a father. He said, if your son came and asked you for bread, would you give him a stone? Or if he asked for fish, would you give him a serpent? And if you're you're tainted with evil, and you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your Father in heaven give good things to those who do what? Ask him. Just ask me. Keep on asking. Seek me. Keep on seeking me. Knock. Keep on knocking. The door's going to be open. He's preparing us on this side of the fence. You know what He's teaching us on this side of the fence? He's teaching us how to give when it's a sacrifice to give. He's teaching us good stewardship principles on this side of the fence. Because if He gave us the blessing on this side of the fence before we learn good stewardship principles or we learn how to give, man, we get on the other side of the fence and Man, that money or the abundance would mess us up. You know, we want to be like the children of Israel. The children of Israel, they were in Egypt. And while they were in Egypt, they were slaves. And they were commanded to build bricks for Pharaoh. And he got mad at them one day. He said, we're going to take away the straw. But you're going to have to build the same number of bricks. And on, in Egypt... They didn't have enough. They didn't have enough. Some of you are in that place. Not enough. They moved out of Egypt to the wilderness. And what did they have in the wilderness? They had just enough. Manna, just enough. They moved from the land of not enough. But then they got to the land of, whoo, just enough. Well, Some of you just like to la- get in the land of just enough. You can pay all your bills. You don't have to worry. Got just enough. But God says there's another step. I want to take you to the, whoo, there's the promised land. What did they have in the promised land? They had more than enough in the promised land. So I want all of us to move from not enough to just enough to, whoo, we're over here. More than enough. And every time there's a need We have something to give to those that are in need. That's the plan of God. The Father knows you have need of all these things, He said. He said, what I want you to do is seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. While you're on this side of the fence, don't be afraid, little flock, for it's the Father's good pleasure to give you of His kingdom. He longs to give us things of His kingdom. He longs to give us the fulfillment of the promises of God. What do you see when you look over the fence? Let me ask you that question. What are you seeing? you see people that are free from the sin that has you in bondage? You know, I didn't know even as believers, we're not instantly sanctified. there's still some baggage we carry with us. But you look over the fence, you say, ooh, people got rid of all their baggage. Look at them. They are just worshiping God. They're dancing for the Lord. Ooh, I wish I could be free like that. Guess what? You can be. You can be. Jesus came to set us free. The devil came to bind us up. Jesus came to set us free. What do you see over that fence? You see people, ooh, they're full of the anointing of God. And it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. You still got the yoke on you. They're set for, oh, I want to be, I want that anointing so the yoke is broken off of me. Oh, yes, I want just his yoke on me, not the world's yoke, not the devil's yoke. What do you see when you look over that fence? What do you see? Oh, I see people that are free of shame and guilt. I know so many believers that are walking and guilt and shame because of what they did. And some some things they did a long time ago. Jesus forgave them of it, but the devil keeps reminding them of it. And he goes, "Shame on you! Who are you to go to church and worship? Shame on you!" And you feel the shame, and you're on this other fence like this. You come into church like this because you feel shame. Shameful. Did you look over the fence and you see people that were like this? Now they're like this, and the shame's been broken off. The anointing has broken that off of their life. Jesus said, "For your shame." Isaiah sixty-one says the anointing of the Lord, talking about prophets and about Jesus, but that same anointing is here. That anointing will break shame, and for your shame, you will have double honor. You know what I think the double honor is? Grace and mercy. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. Mercy is getting, not getting what you do deserve. So on this side, you feel shame, but God wants to give you grace and mercy so you can be set free. You don't deserve it, but he wants to give it to you anyway, because that's, that's my Jesus. That's just what he wants to do. I came to set the captive free. I came to heal the broken hearted. I came to release prison doors. I came to set you free of shame and guilt. Don't let the devil lie to you. On this side of the fence, he's lying to us. And he says, we're guilty, we're guilty, we're guilty. You said, no, I forget. And you say, Lord, I'm so sorry I confess that sin to you. He said, what sin are you talking about? What, what are you talking about? I don't see no sin. Oh, that thing you used to oh, I toss that. The ocean of forgiveness. I put that under the sun of my, the blood of my son. I don't see that. I see the blood. Now you just got to convince yourself that that's true. The devil knows it's true. God knows it's true. The only person that doesn't know it's true is you. So we got to get away from that. Look over the other side of the fence. Say, oh yes, that's for me too. I'm going to get on the other side of the fence. These things have been fenced in to me. People on the other side of the fence are walking in the joy of the Lord. You look on the other side of the fence, they got a happy family. I mean, really, you look, oh, look at them. That husband and wife really do love each other. Look look at their kids. Man, they're so well-behaved. Look at them, they're coming to church together. And you're over here going, you come in, on your way to church, you and your wife are, and you get out of the door and you go, ah. your kids are, ah, you know. You get them into children's church and you come. But you look over the fence and say, oh, I see some happy family. You know what? It's for you. Husbands, you really can love your wife like Christ loved the church. If it wasn't possible, he wouldn't tell you to do it. Wives, I know this is hard in this day and age, but wives, you really can. Don't tell me out. Let me say it. You really can submit to that man because he's loving you like Christ loved the church. And you're not submitting to a man. You're submitting to the gift and the leadership that's in him. And you submit to that. You know, it's easier for a woman to submit to a man that's really loving her like Christ loved the church. Wow. And that can happen. You don't have to just wish you could have a happy family, well-behaved kids. It can happen because you can train up your children the way they should go. When they get old, they'll not depart. Amen. You can discipline yourself according to the word of God. What do you see on the other side of the fence? Grab a hold of the promises, the exceedingly great and valuable promises that God has for you. I don't want you just to wish you could have it, hope you could have it. I want you to experience it. 2 Corinthians 20, for all the promises of God in him, in Christ, are yes. That is, Jesus says yes to every promise in this book. And it says in him, in Christ. We say what? Amen. So be it. I believe it. And God is glorified when those promises are fulfilled fulfilled so I'm going to encourage you I don't know what it is you're looking at on the other side of the fence but I'm telling you we're going to get we're going to deal with whatever that is and say God I'm going to receive that problem and I'm going to be over here with all the others on this side of the fence I'm going to be walking in the joy of the Lord I'm going to be free of guilt and shame I'm going to be financially free I'm going to be what God's called me to be and I'm saying what God says so what I God says is what I begin to see Grab your promise. And we're going to pray for you that whatever that promise is, and God's going to show you what it is. This week, all right, you're going to wake up, you're going to open up your Bible, and you're going to find a promise. And you're going to say, ooh, that one's for me. The Lord's going to say it to you. That one's for me. I go through my Bible, I mark it up. I got green, for anything that has to do with giving, I got it marked. So when I have a need, I go to the Bible. Say, so God, you said it. You're my God. You're my Father. And you'll supply all of my need according to your riches and glory. Lord, you said if I just sought first your kingdom and your rights, everything else I would need would be added to me. That's what you said. I trust you. I believe you. I may have to say it several times here in the day. But it's what I believe in the Word of God. I believe this. Listen to this. Isaiah 54 verse 17. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Every tongue that rises up against me in judgment, I will condemn. This is my heritage as a servant of the Lord. And my righteousness comes from Him. I condemn that which is coming against me. That's a promise I get from the Lord. And I just go through my Bible and I'm almost every page I turn. There it is. So my word shall not go forth from my... So my word, be that goes forth from my mouth, shall not return void, but shall accomplish where I please and prosper where I send it, and God is sending His Word today to you. So I'm going to encourage you. Grab a promise book. Grab your Bible. Find the promises. Underline them and say, Lord, that was for me. Personalize it. Whatever you need to do and say, God, whatever you need to do me on this side of the fence, do it so I can get on the other side of the fence. Ooh, I can be over there with everybody else. Let's claim the promises of God. Let's believe the promises of God. Because they're for you as well as for me. I embrace them. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together right now. Father, I come to pray for everyone in this room. Lord, I wish I had time to lay hands on everyone. but Lord, I pray for them. And Lord, I know you have a special revelation you want to give to them. Something they couldn't even imagine right now. You want to do. With them, through them, with their family, with their business. And Lord, I'm in agreement that this is going to be the week there's going to come a revelation. Lord, mysteries are going to be revealed. And Lord, that which has kept us bound, we're going to be set free because of your word. Lord, I stand in agreement. Would you just lay your hand on your heart and say, Lord, reveal to me your secrets. Reveal what's going to set me free. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Let's stand together. I'm going to ask our prayers to come to this altar. Some of you may have more names to give me. Our prodigal sons and daughters maybe you weren't here last week if you do just get a piece of paper put their name on it and just bring it to me and I'll pray over them I got a large number I'll pray over from the first service I'll just add those to it then we'll keep it in that treasure box we'll begin to see God answer them i believe one day you'll be able to look in that box and pull out that name say God did it we're on the other side of the fence with them now I believe that'll happen. God is, loves you so much. He looks down from heaven. He says, I, I'm choosing you. Today, He's choosing you. You just got to make your own decision to say yes to the Lord. He's choosing you. You just need to say yes to Him. Lord, I pray for every person in this room. Lord, you're, you're pinpointing them today. You're choosing them today. Someone's ever never been saved to come out of darkness, you want to bring them to light. Someone that is unchurched, you want to bring them into the family of God right here. They just need to say yes to you. And I believe they will today. We're going to give an invitation. We're going to dismiss the service. These prayers are going to be right here in this altar. If you need prayer of any sort, or if you've got a name, another prodigal son or daughter you didn't put in my hand last week, you bring it to me now. We'll continue to pray and believe God. I'm believing God for a miracle. We're going to shout. You know what we're going to shout? Somebody pointed this out on, in our, uh, the last service. It says, let's shout, on the, uh, see you on the other side of the fence. See you on the other side of the fence. I want to see everybody on the other side of the fence, all right? Because what we're going to do, we're going to call him. He's going to answer Amen. and show us those great and mighty things. All right, you ready on the count of three? Fathers, don't forget to get your Father's Day gift out there in the foyer. They got it just for you. Ready? I'll see you on the other side of the fence. Can you shout that? Let's do it. One, two, three. See you on the other side of the fence.